and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Alrighty, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you tuning in here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We're going to get Mitch Holtis in about 15 minutes, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Their game has been moved to Saturday. They will uh, head to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, Chiefs Raiders. Uh, so Mitch will join us a little bit earlier, but we'll get to him uh, at a quarter after the hour. Lots of topics, obviously. The team, what, if anything, have the Chiefs heard uh, regarding some of the contingency plans the NFL is making um, with the uh, with the uh, postponement. I guess it's still a suspension uh, of the Monday night game between the Bengals and uh, the Buffalo Bills. What does this mean? The Chiefs are kind of in limbo, right? Waiting for a decision to be made. Talk a little bit about that with Mitch as well. At 11.45, we'll get the latest on Iowa State, both men's and women's. Dave Sproul uh, covers them for KASI. He was at the press conferences. The Cyclones, the men on the road. The women are at home, I want to say, tonight. You can hear that game right here on KXNO, but Dave Sproul will join us at uh, 1145. Uh, 12.05 off to Chicago in his regular spot. David Kaplan, the Cap Man, sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. And then John Bowenkamp on the Hawkeyes. He was in Nashville. We'll put a bow on that. Talk about the basketball team. Uh, the latest news from that, uh, Patrick McCaffrey stepping away. You know, let's start there, uh, other than good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you. Um, you know what I'm encouraged by and and good for Patrick McCaffrey making the uh, his battle public mm-hmm. i'm encouraged like it's the world's different now right in it a is. lot of ways in a lot of ways you know it's I, um i'm seeing compassion from 10 years ago 15 years ago i don't know wherever you want to that five, point is 5 years ago 5 years soft suck it up kid get tough get tough Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through hard times. Very, the percentage that understood his battle was not as great as certainly. And again, I'm basing my um, assumptions here on the response that I, on Twitter to mm-hmm. what I see. But Trent, I have not seen, and I haven't I've gone on my way to look for it. But it's all hey, get better. There's more important things, and that is absolutely right. By yes. the way, but I find that I took that. Um, um, in a positive sense that, you know what, it's good to see that mental health issues are now um, something we want to, and we have to talk about. Yes. You have to talk about this. And good for Patrick McCaffrey and good for, I'm going to say at this point, 99.9% of the fan base for putting their arm around Patrick McCaffrey and saying, you know what, we're walking with you. Let's get you through this. I did the exact same thing, starting on Twitter. That's where I saw it first. Uh, a couple of articles that were posted on Facebook, and I saw that. And I tried to stay away from the comment section. I, I believe, personally, Facebook is much more of a cesspool even than Twitter. I'm not on the book, so yes. I'm, and I never will be. And you, you've made the right choice there. I tried to stay away, but I wondered, because I saw the positive outpouring on Twitter. will be the same here, and it was. That's awesome. I mean, it was 100 to 1 yeah. for every negative comment and they were a rarity there were a hundred positive just like you said and i was incredibly surprised by it i really was because there's still a lot of people that have that way of thinking that Mm -hmm. you mentioned that 
suck it up, kid. Right. Get out there. Your team needs you. Don't right. don't leave your dad. You're hanging. zero three. Yes, we, you need to be out there. And instead, people understanding that, and that's something that I've told you before, Ken. This is not a topic. That, it's not fun for anybody to talk about. I feel so far out of sorts talking about it because I've never dealt with anxiety. I've never mm-hmm. dealt with things like that. I live a good life, but that doesn't matter either. You know, mm-hmm. Patrick McCaffrey's had a pretty good life himself. I think. Yeah. He's grew up with money, yeah. being able to play the right. sport that he loves, support of both his parents. You know, mm-hmm. he's had those things. We were both basketball players. Right. But that doesn't mean that well, everything's all well and good. Sure. And this is another example of that showing that yeah, it could look great on the surface, but there's a whole lot more going on. I was uh, talking to my buddy, Jace, who I do the podcast with, mm-hmm. buddies, since elementary school. And he was talking, his son's a senior now, and he's got a daughter that's also in high school. And he was just telling me, you know, can't imagine growing up in the environment that they are with all the pressure that's on them, be it athletics, academics, getting into the right school. You have that component. But then the social media aspect and having to put your life out there mm-hmm. for everybody to see. I mean, I, I can't imagine being 15, 16, 17-year-olds and having your life on display like that and having to put your best foot forward in the pressures and then the negative side, the ugly side that becomes with social media and the negative things that people say about you and that component. Patrick McCaffrey having to deal with being the coach's kid. There's mm-hmm. pressure sure, that there comes is. along with that. Yep. But one of the biggest aspects, and it just jumped in my mind as I was just sitting down and contemplating this a little bit last night and, and trying to wrap my mind around it, you know, making these steps. You know how easy it would have been for I would just say, got hurt in practice. Right, right. Incredibly yeah, easy. great point. Out for an undisclosed yep. amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that is, but didn't. He went out there, and it was his wording. This was not a canned release with right. a paragraph. Yeah. This was his words. Mm-hmm. And to say that, I thought that was incredibly strong to oh, get courageous. that angle. And another thought that I had is what he has dealt with since he was 15 years old mm-hmm. when he first had the cancer yep. diagnosis. Yep. And every single day that you wake up and you don't feel right. Mm-hmm. For is us, it it's, eh, put, pop a Tylenol. Right. Is it back? Yeah, no, it's got to it cross his I mean, mind. How weighing that has to be yeah. on your day-to-day life. Sure. Physically, trying to become the basketball player that he wants to be. Adding weight. Trying probably eating 10, 12,000 calories a day and just trying to get bigger and get stronger and do those things with the metabolism that we see not easy for him to mm-hmm. do. You have that component, just all these different things that stack on top of it. And for him, not to take the easy way and say it's going to be out, right? To come out there Twisted and an ankle in practice, absolutely. It yeah. would have been so easy, would have, and we would have never way. known, never known, right? Instead, to come out there to be a face for this. It is courageous. So important, I know Trent, people, is what he's doing. They scoff when you say courageous. And th- no, this, it's true. This is courageous. Yes. To do this in this level absolutely is. And I commend Patrick McCaffrey. Uh, have have I ripped on him as a basketball sure. player? I have. We both have. Uh, absolutely. But as a person, this says a lot uh, about him to come out and do it, it in this It is way. so important for other people that are going through this and now get to follow Patrick McCaffrey's lead. And, and, I, and I hope that they do. I really do. That was the positive from the story. Obviously, everybody is rooting for him mm-hmm. uh, to get the, the care, uh, to get back in the place where you need to be. And if you don't make it back on the basketball floor, so be it. Get well. Uh, yesterday, it dawned on me last night that you and I, um, never talked about the NFL, other than the fact yeah. uh, of the injury, clearly. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That was the right way to approach it. Yeah, it was. Don't you think? Yeah. 
as, as NFL is football crazy as we are. So, you know, we're, we're day past that, and, and the story is uh, it, it's still, we, we don't know how it's going to turn out. There, there seemingly is some positive vibes coming. He's got a long battle ahead of him, let, yes, let, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, DeMar Hamlin has a long battle ahead of him, one would assume. But um, So what's going to be the, uh, the end game here? How does the NFL handle this? Mike Florio put out something this morning. I want to give him credit for it because it's something I th- certainly hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. If indeed the Bills uh, and the Chiefs do get to an AFC championship game, why don't you play it on a neutral field? Why don't you have something lined up in advance? Whether it's Detroit, Fort Indianapolis, I mean, wherever, somewhere. Yeah. Um, would would that be a, a positive outcome? Because um, I just don't think that the NFL is going to move the playoff calendar. I just don't see mm-hmm. that. I mean, it seemingly could be done. Uh, but logistically, we don't know everything that goes in behind the scenes. Um, I just don't see this game being replayed. I just, I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, they'll play week 18 this week. And then, I mean, where? There's no time. And the way that it's set up right now is it's very easy. If Kansas City wins this week, you don't have to worry about the Cincinnati component, right? Right. Because Cincinnati. They would be, yes, they would be. Who, yeah. Absolutely. We talked Dormy. yesterday. Zach Taylor was incredible. Mm-hmm. Coming over to McDermott two different times and being the adult, right? Saying, yeah. we're not going to kick. If that was another coach, Bill Belichick, would it have played out in the same fashion? I want to believe it would. I wanted to. Yeah. But. I don't know. You don't know. Right. And your gears start grinding a little bit mm-hmm. when you start thinking about mm-hmm. that. With the different coach that wasn't Zach Taylor, this easily could have played out in a lot different fashion. So, that aside, Kansas City wins, Buffalo wins, then we get to that component, right? Cincinnati's three seed. All right, we we figured that out. A neutral site AFC Championship game. If it gets if both those teams advance right, right. to that level, I'll be honest. I don't like it. Yeah, I I don't like it. Do you just go with the head to head? Well, if they played in the regular season, Bills beat them. But it's one more game. I know, and they didn't play it. No, and by win percentage, and by win percentage, it would be the Chiefs, it'd be Kansas City. Yeah. Buffalo didn't have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. They were down 7 3 in the game. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly early. Right. You don't want to play that part of it, but there's no perfect solution. I, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. I, I personally, I don't love the neutral site championship game, though. Yeah, it's just, it's just food for thought. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how, obviously, um, like, is the NFL waiting to see if there's bad news coming this week or if there's any news coming this week before they make their move? Uh, I, who, who knows? Um, how it's going to play out. There's one more angle, real quick, and then we'll get Mitch Holtis in here, see if he knows anything. Mm-hmm. Um, gambling is a big part of our show. Yes. Gambling is a big part. Sport Gambling on sports is now a big part uh, around the, of, of sports around the country. I talked to Mike Palm yesterday from Circa mm-hmm. on our Iowa Everywhere podcast, and, and it, it, something he mentioned something never even dawned on me. The, you know, when, when you know, where you Getting closer to kickoff, it's June, it's July. We get those over-under win totals. Oh, yes. And I love them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and people just dig into them. At Circa, and I'm assuming this is the case, most of the of the um, sports operators in our state, you have to play 17 games before your bet to be official. So if you bet the over on the Bengals this year, you're going to fly over that number. You've, you're already past that. What number. was it, 10? It was like, or even nine, nine and, and a half. half. Yeah. 
Um, and, and they're going to fly over that number. Mm-hmm. They already have 11. They already have 11. So, so people that have the over think, ah. Got a winning ticket. Got a winning ticket in my mm-hmm. pocket. Now, conversely, if you thought that the Bengals are going to fall on their face this year. Uh, yeah, right over here. Yes. Right? And you thought there's no way they're going to win that. That's an eight-win football team mm-hmm. at best. And you bet the under, you know that your ticket is already in the crapper. Mm-hmm. You have to refund all of these bets. Every single one of them. Oh. On the Bills and on the Bengals. Because Both they didn't of, play 17. Because they didn't play 17 games. Even if they've hit the number. Mm-hmm. That is, and that says that, I believe on every future ticket for over-unders, I believe it says... And it's certainly in the house rules. No doubt about it. That definitely is in there. Because, yeah, I remember doing an over-under ticket and having it on that ticket uh-huh. a couple of years back. I think I was at the South Point and I saw that. And, oh, yeah, well, makes sense, right? They're going to put it on there. That was also, you know, you had 2020. You had to have that mm-hmm. caveat in there. But, yeah, it's crazy to think about that because, yeah, you've got a winning ticket. No, you don't. No. Because they didn't play 17 games. How about divisionally? Well, in particular when it comes to the AFC North, because Mm -hmm. the Ravens right now have the tiebreaker over the Bengals. Right. The Ravens could ultimately win that division uh, because they would have played more games than Cincinnati. So that would come into play. Um, It's... I don't know how it's going to work itself out. I just can't see this game being restarted. If Cincinnati loses this week, they'd be 11-5. and Baltimore wins, they'd be 11 and 6. Cincinnati would still win by win percentage. Okay. Because they'd be a half game in so front. So that's that that doesn't play the divisions don't right. come into play. And obviously the Chiefs are home free. Right. Yeah. So they win theirs. The Bills are also home, home free. free. Right. Yeah. Home free. They have that one locked up. Yeah. But yeah, there there're just so many angles here that you just don't think uh. about. All right, Mitch Holt is coming up. We'll get the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's brought to us by our friends at uh, Papa John's, uh, the Donaldson family that do such great work, not only making pizza and doing what they do at their at the fine uh, establishments throughout central Iowa, but philanthropically, uh, they are very involved in our fine community. Mitch Holtis will join us. The uh, Chiefs, their game has been moved. They will uh, play this week against the Raiders in Las Vegas, up against Jared Stidham, who didn't look bad. <laughs> didn't look bad uh, in that football game. Let's get to the voice of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Mitch joins us. Mitch, thanks for coming on. Trent and Ken, how are you, Mitch Holtis? Well, uh, swinging away, you know, hanging in there. It's been a unique week and, uh, uh, kind of, tr- you know, truncated, truncated both ways. You, you don't want to do anything, anything, uh, until you start with DeMar Hamlin yep. and his family and, and prayers. And that's where you, that's where you start. Uh, no question about it. And, uh, apparently his, his uncle has been interviewed a couple of times. He says he's, it's going in the right direction. Uh, so that's coming from a family member. We certainly hope that, uh, that that is an accurate report and everybody wants, uh, the best for this, uh, for this young man who apparently off the field is a terrific person. As good as he was playing football. And obviously if you get the NFL, you're pretty good. Uh, but he's a, a pro off the field as well. So Mitch, has the NFL shared anything with the Kansas City Chiefs organization that you you can share regarding contingency plans if indeed and i find it hard to believe that the monday night game that was suspended that there's an opportunity to resume the game or start over the game has the nfl shared anything with the chiefs organization as to you know because they're obviously in a fight for the one seed and um you know well yes we're all thinking about demar hamlin the the league marches on what have you heard if anything mitch well, uh, honestly, nothing. And if the communication, which I'm assuming there's communication there, 
but it's at the very highest levels. I mean, this is with Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan, our president, and with Andy Reid, the head coach. I think that's where it probably stops because uh, anything that kind of trickles down is, becomes conjecture. And in many cases, the best way to treat these situations uh, as far as what to do from here on, and again, everybody's concerned about DeMar first, is to keep the, the loop pretty tight. And the NFL's doing that with this just because there's so many scenarios. And people can speculate and they can have conjecture and think, hey, it could happen. And that just really sometimes creates more confusion. So even in the case of DeMar, you know, I'm just I'm waiting for the hospital yeah. uh, to have a uh, news conference until that, you know, we really kind of see what's going on. Uh, and the same with the league. Like, uh, and truthfully, I think the league, just me, is waiting to see how the week plays out. Right? Mm, I mean, yeah. you, if, if, if uh, you know, Buffalo and I mean, this could play out where you wouldn't have to play the game, wouldn't matter. But would be good for the Chiefs because that's mean, that means they would lose. Yep. But if the Chiefs win and are setting at 14 and three and in the one seed position by a half game, over Buffalo, if Buffalo didn't uh, finish that game against Cincinnati, you know, there's a whole bunch of discussions there. There's a whole bunch of discussions that involve the Bengals and Ravens. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not going to guess, but, you know, there's, there's a, a thousand scenarios here uh, that you could look at, and you almost have to take it from each individual team that are contenders in these first five or six slots and look how it would affect them and look at that individual team. That's the best way to look at it. Um, because if you're thinking just Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs here, then you're going to be somewhat uh, numb to, oh, wait a minute, this does affect the Ravens this way in a, in a big way. So uh, for the Chiefs, they have to you know, have empathy uh, toward DeMar. And, and keep in mind now, our VP for uh, sports performance and athletic training is a pit guy. He knows mm-hmm. DeMar very well. I mean, he's pit. And... Uh, so there's other guys uh, around this team that know uh, DeMar very well. But the second thing is you just got to go play the Raiders and try to win the game because all the scenarios that involves the Chiefs uh, aren't great unless the Chiefs win. So win the game and then see what happens. Mitch, you've told us before the difficult nature and a quick turnaround when you find out you flex from mm-hmm. Sunday night football to a late afternoon window or vice versa. That's another one here. This is moving everything up a day. Yep. What's it been like getting ready now for this Saturday game? It feels Trent like a Thursday game. That's what it feels oh, like, really? you know, yeah. the Sunday to Thursday turnaround. And here's why: the Chiefs are getting truncated here on both ends because of the Demar Hamlin situation. The Chiefs had they had practice yesterday in meetings, but you know it was it felt strange um, or weird throughout the entire NFL yesterday, and still a little bit today. Again, mm-hmm. uh, to because of Demar Hamlin. And then you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to travel two time zones for one of these long trips. I mean, that's the price I've said all along. You pay for Lamar Hunt and want to keep the old AFL together. Uh, the Chiefs against the Cowboys have to go one time zone because they're with all Eastern time zone teams in the East. But we have these West Coast, or we have two West Coasts and a Mountain Coast, our Mountain time zone team in our division. Well, it's not easy, man. That takes away Friday. Uh, so this feels like, to answer your question, like a Sunday to Thursday game. 
it feels not truncated. Well, and it's the Raiders, and it's for whatever reason, seemingly this is usually a very close football game. Um, and yep. Jared Stidham was, was, I thought, past the first test. It's odd. It's, it's weird what's going on with Derek Carr. I mean, clearly, uh, they've decided to move on and they're making a business decision as far as the contract that would be, uh, that would be a, a, a trigger if there's an injury. Uh, but what did you, if you had a chance to look at Stidham, what did you see when you plugged in the, uh, the tape? Not only impressed, very impressed. Now, let me take you on a couple twists and turns here that after I'm off, you can explore further. But I do think that this was almost contrived uh, in many ways by the Raiders, or at least it was plan B, right? A strong plan B. Now, keep in mind, the most Jared Stidham had played prior to his terrific performance against the 49ers last Sunday was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Monday night football, COVID year 2020, and keep in mind, the Patriots are thinking about playing Stidham that year or with Hoyer, and then they go get Cam Newton. So that delays everything. And I really think that the relationship between Jared Stidham is very strong with, uh, with Josh McDaniels. But they go get Cam Newton. But Cam Newton has COVID, can't play against the Chiefs. Hoyer plays ineffective. Here comes Stidham. And Stidham throws a couple touchdown passes, played 25 snaps in that game. Sorry, he threw a touchdown pass had two picks. One wasn't his fault. Uh, Julian Edelman, of all people, just drops the ball, and Tyron Matthew in the air gets the ricochet and goes in for a pick six. Stidham looked good that night. So Stidham gets hurt in 21, takes him off the shelf. Here comes Josh McDaniels, his old guy. They trade for him and bring him in. Because I'm saying this because of the way that, to me now, the Derek Carr contract was structured, where if they can make a trade for Carr... They, they just don't have it. It's not a cap hit at all. Hmm. Now, Stidham is a free agent, so they're going to have to pay him. And if he lights it up again for a second straight week, he's going to get some attention in the market. But maybe the Raiders have figured this out and said, stay here, we'll pay you. Um, but I think, to me, the way in looking and doing this deep dive and kind of looking around the edges, Stidham has been their long-term, at least in Josh McDaniel's mind, the long-term answer all along. And it's very interesting. Now, let's go Stidham some more. Stidham's from Stephenville, Texas. Where did he go originally? Texas Tech. Guess who's at Texas Tech when Stidham gets there? So Stidham transfers. He sees what's going on. Mahomes is there running the show. He goes to Baylor and kind of does okay at Baylor. Then he goes to Auburn. Auburn, But that's the Stidham story here. There's a lot more. You start deep diving into Jared (laughs) Stidham, you're going, oh, okay, I see what's going on. The uh, Chiefs get ready for this matchup. How banged up are they? And if they're cruising, if it's 31-7 deep into the third quarter, rest, a win leads to a bye. You want to keep the guys sharp. going to be kind of a difficult circumstance if this game does get away and the Chiefs are running away. How do they play with that towards the second half? I'm trying to think the last time we cruised. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Very true. This has been a this has been a hard yeah. thirteen and three. It has, and I've told you guys all along. They've asked this team, the league's asked this team to do a lot because of their popularity. I don't say that as arrogance; it just is what it is. It is, yeah. Mahomes is so popular, and that's why that's why ABC and ESPN's getting this game. They want it on Saturday. They get the scraps on Monday night. Mm-hmm. This is the Saturday ESPN gets first pick. What do you think we're playing at three thirty, and they're getting the winner take all Jacksonville Tennessee game? This is where ABC ESPN. On this Saturday, goes uh uh-uh, uh, we're taking this pick. All right. All that being said, uh, the Chiefs have been they've been in these scramble modes 
and have to play tough to the end in every one of these games. This hasn't been an easy 13-3. and three. And so, I don't know, under that scenario, I'll take it, Trent. But, uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it because this feels like it's going to go to the end, and I think the Raiders are coming after him. I do, I mean, too. Devontae, they had nine 20-plus plays against the 49ers. Mm. Devontae Adams had four. They got Waller back up and running again. Josh yeah. Jacobs is going to win the rushing title, be the first guy since Marcus Allen. Uh, to have 2,000 all-purpose yards. The Raiders are coming after the Chiefs. You know, by the way, it's Chiefs-Raiders, and there's no love lost there uh, going back over yeah, history. Exactly. Yeah, maybe week one. Back to where the NFL schedules these games. That's true. The NFL with the 17th game, I said last week, you could be out of it for the year, like the Raiders are out of it, no playoff hope. No, yep. they're not. They're in it. Sure. Because they want to derail the Chiefs. Yeah. The same thing the Broncos uh, played great last week again. They did. Uh, maybe week one against the Cardinals was the only laugher, but you, you might correct me on maybe. that. Uh, let's uh, maybe. let's talk. Uh, oh, and we know we got to get out of here. It's a Saturday night. Um, nobody wants to cook. There's another game coming up after the Chiefs Raiders. Talk about Papa John's and the Donaldsons, Mitch. Well, it, it is. I mean, this is a great Saturday doubleheader. So ESPN and ABC got what they want. Disney got what they want. So yes, it's a pizza party, man. It's a Papa John's pizza party. Plus, you throw in Valley and Big 12 basketball. It's like all of a sudden now it's the NFL playoffs. It's time to have a party, even if you don't have anybody over. But I'm telling you, with Tom and Matt Donaldson and all their folks, when they when you get that pizza, man, it's a, the party starts. <laughs> and they're fantastic. Check them out at PapaJohns.com. We'll see if they've got a special coming out in January. How about those Kelly State Wildcats last night? <laughs> 116 points? How about that? Regulation. I'm begging. I'm ignorant here. Does Des Moines still have the D-League team? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the Dragons? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, the Tell Wolves the are here. I'm like the Dragons or whatever they What are they? The Wolves. The T-Wolves team. T-Wolves. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. When's the last time they pulled up 116 in a game? Yeah, probably been a while. Hey, Mitch, uh, go meet Andy Reid. Thanks yep. for doing this. Uh, we will. I'll, yes, I'll email you. you regarding next week. Thank you, Mitch. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, had to move up because the boss wants him in three minutes down the hall. Well, well, you listen to Andy Reid. Indeed you do. Um, He's just one rung above us, right? Just one. Just one. Just one. Uh, Raiders-Chiefs, is. I think it's going to be a really good football game. That's. I hadn't thought about the Jared Stidham angle. Uh-huh. Did you, you saw some of the Niners uh, and the I Raiders. did, and I was... I was blown away. So impressed. Me too. There were people, if you remember back to... 2020, when Cam Newton became, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of people. Remember that summer before they signed Cam, and they're like, Jared Stidham's a guy. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people in the Patriots organization that well, believed he was now, a guy. Now one of them is with the Raiders, <laughs> calling the shots. And if Carr didn't do what he did a year ago, leading the Raiders to the playoffs, it probably would have happened. There's a lot of people yeah. that thought that this would have happened in November. Yeah, it wouldn't have been until late December that we would have saw Jared mm-hmm. Stidham out there. But he meant a lot. It was important to keep him. He mm-hmm. he was a guy that was important to the organization. They kept him there. Well, look at all the stuff that they went through. He was the face of yes. it, right? The Gruden yeah. stuff and then the uh, the Henry Rugg stuff. Yeah, the car accident. Um, I mean, he was the, the the player that would come out and, and speak to the media and did so eloquently. He absolutely uh, he, did. He moved way up in my book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, that was, uh, he had that part of uh, – I mean, he was a good football player – but a seemingly a pretty good person, too. All right, we'll take a timeout. Before we go to break, though, it's time for another $1,000 head slam dunk. We're two days into this contest. We already had a winner on day one. It wasn't mm-hmm. in KX. You know, it was down the hall on 1040 News Radio, 1040 WHO. Let's shock the world. Let's shock the world and, and get, get 
only KXNO winner. Deal. It's time to go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, you'll see a pop-up box. In that pop-up box, enter the keyword pay. Pay at KXNO.com. Your chance to pay a lot of bills, I'm assuming, with $1,000. Pay at KXNO.com. Dave Sproul in 15 minutes. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 27. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, 25 minutes before noon. Short segment here. Just real quick on this. Did you see any Twitter yesterday regarding Iowa's uh, game uh, next season, football game against Northwestern being moved to Wrigley Field? I did, yeah. I saw, I think it was Hawk Historian on Twitter was the one that had it. Usually has some pretty good information. So these pretty accurate? Yeah, yeah. He, he's. Uh, I believe he might even be a former Hawkeye football player from way back in the day. If uh, memory serves, but yeah, there's there's been stuff that's come from him before. Nothing has been reported. I haven't from seen a... anything official. The only one, and I think it might have been a follow up to his tweet that he <laughs> put it out there. Somebody went to uh, the, or actually looked at the hotel that's been built. It's adjacent to Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. and the rates apparently are doubled that oh. weekend for what they normally are. So uh-huh. that leads one to believe that well something's happening in this sure. area. Yeah. If indeed you can check in for, you know, 150 bucks in the the weekend before and the weekend after and all of a sudden this one's three bills. Um this is not though because that new stadium basically what they're doing at Ryan Field. That's not starting yet, correct? I don't know. Where they have to play all their games. No, I don't think so. No, no. I don't know. I don't believe that that's This the is case. more of a standalone yes, situation. Gotcha. That they're going back to Wrigley Field. So, um I'm guessing that at some point mm-hmm. we'll find out. Now, would that be from the league? Would the Hawks? Probably and- be a Northwestern press release, okay. I would guess. And Iowa, maybe in conjunction, would release it at the same time, something like that. But what a cool opportunity. Oh, right? would, that, would that interest you? Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Now, sitting in Chicago in the cold, November, maybe a little bit different. It's but such a great city, though. You bundle it up, yeah. make your way over there, maybe a live show Friday. From Chicago? What do you say? Um, well, uh, no. <laughs> Maybe. Come on. I don't know. Where, Get what you the, out of the house. I know, but I've got to watch the clones. Okay. Guess what? You have a DVR. Yeah, it's not the same. I can't know the score of a game and go back and watch it. I know a lot of people can. I can't do it because I cheat. What if, what if the Iowa game is at 11 o'clock and then 2.30 you can watch I the maybe. That's a, that's a, um, Put me down as a definite You're maybe. You're not going no, I'd probably not go. But it would be a pretty cool event because yes. it's Wrigley Field and B it's Chicago. Right. Um, yeah, maybe, Trent. You know what? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about we it. We can maybe get you out of the house for well, a football and because weekend. Because Circa will be up and running in, yeah, uh, in, in Illinois. Uh, just one, one of the northern suburbs. Where are they moving? Oh, I don't even remember. I can't, it's oh, one of the oh, yeah. northern suburbs of Chicago. Anyways. Not too bad, right? So maybe we could kill two birds with one stone since they are our primary sponsor. Mm-hmm. I, Make I them like a little that. happy. Throw them a little bit of a bone. Uh-huh. I like how you're thinking. It is in, where is it? Something on, I think. Waukegan? Maybe. Yeah, Waukegan, Illinois. That's where it is. All right, we'll get Dave Sproul in here. Iowa State is getting Three and a half, four tonight? Starting to tick down. I see a couple of threes starting to pop, at least earlier this morning when I took a peek at that mm-hmm. one. I don't want to get involved in this game because you can tell me, I think, four different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, Oklahoma win yeah. tight. Either team wins by 10. Yeah, I, I've seen Oklahoma look really good at times. I've looked them look 
pretty pedestrian well, at times. They too. have to be a little bit PO. Didn't they have Texas beat this past weekend? Yes, they, they did. They had them on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Anything, if, if if not beat, they had them on the ropes, and that and that one got away. Um, How about last night in the Big Twelve? What a fun Trent, night! It was unbelievable. Th- this wasn't league, it? yeah. And and th- here's one that might Kansas got a favorable whistle. What? No, honestly, Trent, I'm not kidding you. The Jayhawks, huh? In or a non-whistle in this call, uh-huh. in this case. Um, did you think it was a foul? He pulled him. Kinda oh, that him. part of it. Yeah, he hooked him. I, yeah, I was talking about the drive. The guy driving. No, 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 no. I, this, yeah. this, okay, maybe. You can let that go, but you're right. Yeah, there was the hook. But This was a good crew. This was Higgins yes, and, was. And, and Jerry, uh, what's his name? Jerry uh, Weaver? Jerry Jerry something. Um God, I can picture him. He's he's good. Jerry Pollard. Jerry Pollard, yes, thank you. Um Terry Oglesby, he's done a bunch of Oh, he too. was the other yeah. he was the third. That's a really good crew. Uh, but they missed one. And you know what to to Frischilla's credit? Let him know. Yes. I mean, let him know on the broadcast. No, he wasn't like what we saw in the what Iowa Clemson game where then Fran tried to sway the officials. Right. No. Frischilla didn't go that route. No. But he was pretty critical, I thought, and I, I and so I thought, be it, right? Well, he's earned that right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if ever, if anybody has, he's earned that right to be critical of officials. And you know what? When it gets back to the officials, because it will, they'll understand that. Yeah, we we booted it. Your projected standings from Ken Pomeroy for the Big Twelve: Kansas projected to win it at thirteen and five. But get this: thirteen and five. Thirteen and five. Next, Texas at eleven and seven. Mm-hmm. What we saw last night, that team's not getting to eleven and seven. Trent, how did they give up one hundred and sixteen points? Those are the only two teams that are projected to have a winning record. Are you in the kidding league. me? You have K State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor at nine and nine. Where's TCU? TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma, West Virginia at eight and ten, and Texas Tech projected at seven and eleven. <sighs> top to bottom, it's any given night. All these teams are in the top forty at Ken Palm. Bananas. Ten teams. Mm-hmm. There is no lightweight. Mm-mm. Be ready every single night. Mm-hmm. I, I watched Nebraska early get pummeled yeah. uh, by Michigan State. The first 20 minutes. I mean, the game was over at halftime. Uh, but yeah, Big 12 was good. And Wisconsin-Minnesota got pretty good. It did. I, I was mean, shocked. It was close. Yeah. I was kind of shocked because you like Badgers, don't you? I, I mean, well, maybe not to win it. I got them at a really do, good price. You got them at a good price. Yeah, I got them yeah. at 30-1. to one. And When they seemingly finish in the top four every year, you get a 30-1 to one mm-hmm. ticket at some point. You got to jump aboard there. They lost Wall though in that game, and that that was impactful too. Mm. Right? And right when they looked like they were going to stretch it out, Minnesota had like eleven up and run something like that. That was a good night of college hoops. It really felt like all right, college basketball yeah, is really did. here. It did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was switching back. My Jets were playing, and I was switching. Uh, got another back. win. Got another win. The good guys won another one. Uh, Dave Sproud joins us next. Miller and Condon. If you missed it, the keyword for this hour is pay. Pay at kxno.com. Pay at kxno.com. Your chance to win $1,000. We'll be back with Dave Sproud. He joins us on Iowa State. We'll talk men's and women's with uh, with uh, Dave Sproud when we come back. Condon Boyne Sports Station 106.3. That's off. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. 
Dave Sproul coming up momentarily. He just had callers uh, during the break, made a great point. Uh, last time that, that Iowa uh, played out there, able to double dip it with the Bears. Well, we don't know the NFL schedule yet, but that would be something, right? Iowa on Saturday and uh, right into the Bears on Sunday for a football weekend. Speaking of the Bears, uh, they have just announced Justin Fields' season is over. He will not play on Sunday. going to be shut down. Apparently has a hip strain. I was kind of um, in the camp that this might happen a little bit earlier than it did. That's your squad, Justin Fields, shutting it down for the year. Right idea, Trent Condon? Yes. It was the right idea three weeks ago. I thought it was, too. I was kind of surprised that he was in as long long as he is. That's the last thing that this franchise needs is their quarterback to get something that's going to keep them Uh out for a calendar year. Uh, Let's get Dave Sproul in here. He covers Iowa State men and women uh, for KASI 1430 on the AM dial. Both of them playing tonight, the men at 6. The women are at home at 630 tip tonight. They are at home, right? The women, I think it's West Virginia. Games at Hilton, Dave? You are exactly correct. Tip off at 6.30 at Hilton with the uh, Mountaineers in town. Pre-game show on KASI, 4 or 6 o'clock. What, how will you guys handle that? Well, our uh, sister station, now 105.1 FM, is the place to hear the men's game starting at gotcha. 5 o'clock. And then we'll have the women's game right here on uh, 14.30. Good stuff. Well, let's uh, let, let's start ladies first. Let's go ladies first, and we'll get, get to the men. What can you tell us about uh, Fennelly's team that uh, is they – Hey, like everybody, embarks on a Big Twelve play. They're one and zero in conference. From from what you've seen of this team, is, is I think it's got a chance to be one of Fenley's better teams. Is that fair? I mean, a lot of a lot of basketball left to be played. But what you've seen, non-con, and and what Soares has meant to this program, uh, is got a chance to be one of Fenley's better teams. Uh, yeah, uh, one of his best, no doubt. And and you look at this roster top to bottom, and uh, it's certainly one of the most talented he's had. And it's just a matter of execution. And maybe, you know, it says something a little bit about this team that they were four of 20 something from three point range against Texas Tech and Lubbock on Saturday, and they still won by 20 plus points. Uh, and so, I mean, that just goes to show you how much, how much talent they have. And he said yesterday at his news conference, he was fine with the shot selection. They just didn't go in. So he's pretty confident that it, you know, that's not going to be a long term, uh, issue, although it's the three point shooting hasn't been a little up and down so far this season. That's really the only issue. I, I would imagine for this team right now, at least. I mean, you mentioned Stephanie Suarez, the difference maker she's been at six six shot blocker and uh, can score inside as well. And that's just a presence you don't really get a lot in women's basketball in general, much less at Iowa State. So you're talking about a team that has uh, talent inside and outside. And of course, you got one of the best players in the country, Ashley Jones. Mm-hmm. So they are stacked. Uh, they are the favorites to win the conference, and I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be uh, as we get Big 12 play started here. Big 12 women's down a little bit this year. What, just Iowa State and Oklahoma, the only ranked teams I believe I saw uh, on the weekend, down a little bit compared to past years. Is that fair to say? That's hard to get a real grasp on because I haven't delved much into other Big 12 teams. Uh, it, it is a little surprising to not see Texas mm-hmm. in there. I think they, they were the team like one point behind Iowa State, if I remember right, in that Big 12 preseason poll. Uh, so obviously there's some potential there. They're maybe not living up to at the moment. And so I, I, it's, it's hard to say, you know, the AP rankings, the coaches poll rankings don't tell you everything you need to know. And I haven't delved into the advanced uh, analytics or anything like that, the efficiency metrics to see, you know, are the Big 12 representing the top 40, top 50 of those, and how does that compare to other uh, conferences? Because you might get conferences that have three or four teams maybe ranked in the top 25, but 
the rest of the league maybe isn't so great. So that's a, I still think there's a lot of depth in the Big 12. Maybe it's not quite as deep or maybe it's not quite as uh, competitive from top to bottom as we might have expected. Uh, but uh, it's I think it's still a very good league and it's still going to be you know a test. It's not going to be easy for Iowa State uh, women to win this league if they do, but uh, they're going to get tested on a regular basis. But uh, the opportunity certainly is there. Yeah, certainly. You're used to seeing Baylor amongst that, in that concluded in that conversation as well. Well, if, if it is down... In the women's side of things, it's certainly not in the men's. As you can clearly make a case for each and every one of those teams to uh, hear their name called on Selection Sunday. So Iowa State off on the right foot, protect the home floor. Number twelve Baylor comes to town. They leave uh, Iowa State walks off the floor, fifteen point victors. But onto the road tonight against an Oklahoma team who, if it would have should have had Texas beat last uh, in their last outing as well. So what do you expect tonight? Uh, what um, as as Iowa State embarks on the road and take help me out was it last year that iowa state was off to that was this their first loss of the year or one of oklahoma do you remember uh they i remember they played a game at oklahoma early in the big and lost. season and, and lost on the road yeah uh, and it was it was a fairly close game and that i i would imagine you know uh this will be a dog fight too it'll be interesting to see what kind of atmosphere they walk into because this is only the second true road game of the season for this iowa state men's team and their first true road game of the season down the road at Iowa City did not go well at all. But this is going to be a very different atmosphere. I mean, it's you know, Oklahoma, they haven't drawn big crowds since the Thunder came to Oklahoma City. They haven't, uh, you know, had teams that are really high level. And you're not going to get the kind of vitriol and, and energy you get in a rivalry game. Uh, so it won't be quite the same atmosphere, certainly, as what Iowa State found in Iowa City. But they're still going to have to kind of bring their own energy and, and maintain their focus in a way that you'd, normally kind of take for granted when you're playing in front of the, the crowd at Hilton Coliseum. So it'll be interesting to see, I think, from the outset to see what kind of energy this team brings to the floor. And if they bring that right kind of energy, then it'll be a fight to the end. And if they don't, then it's uh, it's a game that can kind of get away from you, as uh, can sometimes happen when you're playing on the road in the Big 12. Uh, it was their second loss. I just looked it up. Baylor beat them, and they were the number one team in the country at the time when they beat them. So, oh, yeah. and then uh, and then the second loss was Oklahoma. Sorry, Trent. Oklahoma. So we know the Groves brothers. That uh, they're out there being <laughs> their bearded, bearded muscle men. But outside of that, what do we know about the Sooners? Kind of the complexion of this team and Porter Moser. I remember certainly his days in the MVC as a coach. You know they're going to grind you on the offensive end and defensive end. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Groves brothers are going to be kind of the key, and, and TJ Altelberger, uh mentioned them both uh, as you know really important parts of their um, of their their team. Um, you know, Grant Sherfield in that game uh, in their last game against uh, Texas was uh, their high score, twenty two points, and he's averaging eighteen points a game. So, he transferred uh, in gonna, from somewhere, right? Was he a tra- wasn't he a Nevada? Nevada. Thank you. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So. The, those are the, those are the names to watch for Oklahoma. Certainly off top of the list, but you know we know that Porter Moser is a very good coach. Mm-hmm. He's good at getting his guys motivated and putting them in position to win. So, uh, like I said, I, I would expect a, a close matchup, a dogfight, you know, down to the very end for this one tonight. Tanner Groves has been playing college basketball forever, hasn't he? Uh, Seemingly, that's that's sixth year, right? And certainly, uh, 
Uh, take advantage of it if you have. He'll turn so, 24 in May. Is he really going to be 24? So let's uh, let's talk. I want to ask you about Eli King. Uh, look, he's not getting the playing time, but he's certainly engaged on the bench, Dave. I just, and maybe it's a me thing, I just thought he was going to be more of a, uh, have more of an impact. I mean, I was think, expecting him to play 30 minutes, uh, but I thought he was going to play a little bit more. Uh, what is is it just, um, you know, depth chart? Is that, that where he finds himself? Um, is, he's engaged in the games, I'll give him that. Yeah, and I'm with you. I maybe got caught up in recruiting hype a little bit and seeing some of the videos and, and knowing he was an AAU teammate of Tame and Lipsy made me think, well, this is a guy who can probably uh, at least contribute right away, but he's yeah not been asked to do much so far, and it is part of it's a numbers game. you got a lot of guys in the backcourt that T.J. Otzelberger really trusts uh, in, in Jared Holmes and uh, Gabe Kalsher and some, you know, some veteran presence there and you know guys that... Uh, certainly have been there and done that, uh, at least in terms of being on the court in, in big crunch time situations at the Division One level. Uh, so so that's part of it, and maybe that's just a case where King maybe needs a little more time than you or I had anticipated he would to develop into the kind of uh, player he needs to be. And, you know, if you can if you can put together a good team like this, um, and I'm not saying obviously it's great, but they are, I think they qualify as a good team, um, and you know, give a guy like that a chance to develop, and then you got Damon Lipsy coming back. You got uh, the recruits that are coming in for next year, and you can really develop together with them. You know, presuming you decide to stay. I mean, with every player, you always have to have the caveat that a transfer could happen at any minute. So we, we, I'll just throw out there to cover my behind a little bit, but I think you know he's maybe just a guy who needs that time to develop and and still has the potential to be a really good player and, and a big contributor for this team. Uh, we are so accustomed to seeing freshmen come in and, and make an impact right away. It, it does surprise us a little bit when a guy who was touted kind of as, as he was is sitting there on the end of the bench. But I don't think there's reason yet to give up hope that he could be a contributor for Iowa State down the road. No surprise. You've told us before watching Tame and Lipsy and what he has already become. Hmm. For this team, he called so many of his games at the high school level and and got to know him incredibly well. Still, the shooting remains the question for him. Just eight three-point opportunities uh, that he's fired up this year. Outside of the deep shot, I mean, what else is there? He's a great defender. He knows how to run a team. He gets everybody in the right spot. He's got leadership qualities. Short of shooting, what's missing with Taman Lipsy? Uh, the one thing that comes to mind with me is just foul. It's fouls. It seems like he's been in foul trouble quite mm-hmm. often, and and has you know <laughs> uh, picked up two in the first half and had to sit for a while, and then picks up a couple more in the second half, and he's you know right on the edge there, falling out. And uh, that's the one thing you know you, maybe one of the hardest parts of transitioning from high school to co- the college level is knowing how to play defense uh, and stay under control in a game that is so that's moving so fast. Uh, and, and, you know, with his speed and his focus, uh, on defense, he's really got the capability of being an outstanding defender. And when he, when he is on the floor, he really is a, a very good defender. But, you know, sometimes you give into that temptation to try to swat at the ball or you're a little over aggressive and you pick up a tic-tac foul. And next thing you know, you're sitting next to TJ Osberger on the bench for a while. And, uh, that's not where Iowa State needs him to be. So the one thing I would focus on, at least that jumped out to me right now, is just the need to, be, you know, be better about staying out of foul trouble and, and, be able to give yourself a chance to stay on the floor a bit longer. With the, the shooting, he really wasn't very good at three-point shooting in high school, and I'm sure that's something that he'll work on uh, or is already working on in the college game. But it seems like he's mostly focusing on, one, setting up his teammates, which is 
something yeah I saw for three years at Ames High, and uh, the the other one is driving to the hoop when he needs to score or when that opportunity arises. He's got the quick first step and the speed to get to the hoop, and he's he's focusing that uh, on that uh, on the offensive end. Dave Sproul, KSI fourteen thirty on the AM dial. Dave, good stuff. Uh, fingers crossed, both of the Cyclone teams in action tonight to put put them in the win column. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you, Dave Sproul, KSI 1430 AM. You got a feeling tonight? I have a feeling Caleb Grill's going to have another good game. Oh, I'm, really, I'm really impressed with the way he's coming out this year. Hitting baskets at home, mm-hmm. which was <laughs> yes. hard for him to do for whatever reason. It's his defensive tenacity no that doubt. gets my attention. And I saw it last year, but I think he's even taken it up another notch. I completely agree. Holy mackerel. They can defend you in a bunch of different mm-hmm. ways. They got multiple pieces inside, something that they didn't have in the past. And Trey King can't have... I mean, he'll have... I guess there's going to be nights like that for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but he'll have but he'll a have bigger impact. Night. It could be tonight. Yeah. Bigger impact on this game than he did against Baylor. I think so. I think so, too. Oklahoma's got to be smarting a little bit. The Groves boys, boy, they've been playing basketball for a long time. <laughs> yeah. 24 years old. Uh, anyways, going to be a tight one. Uh, point spread's three and a half, you said? Yeah. A couple of threes popped couple this morning. A couple of threes. All right, hour number two. We'll head to Chicago to kick it off. A lot of topics with Cappy, Justin Fields. Kevin Warren, want to bring that up with, with mm-hmm. Cappy as well. You'll see if he's hearing anything. Uh, Miller and Condon, an hour to go. John Bowen Camp on the Hawks at the bottom of the hour. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.